Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. I'm going to get right to it tonight. Uh, a lot has been happening today. A lot has been happening this past week. I want to get it all in. Did you watch Donald Trump this morning on national TV? The show's been repeated on every news show since all day, uh, where he went to explain the $6 million that he had collected for the veterans who got it, when they got it, how they got it. But the primary thing that occurred, that which was most evident, was this man, this man Donald Trump. He lambasted the media. Well, I lambast the media. Many people say they're not doing a good job. They don't tell us everything. But he was horrible. It's always someone else's fault when something goes wrong with him. And he's prone to call people names all the time. You are a liar. You are a crook. You are despicable. Never saw anybody like you. My friends, is this who you want for president of the United States? Right now, I think half the people in this country support Donald Trump because they're fed up. I can't blame them. The young can't get jobs, the old people don't have enough money, and in between, there ain't no middle class anymore that can send their kids away to college. And what's the sense of sending them to college? Because there's no jobs for them after they spend all this money getting the degree. He was bad. This man, I'm going to say it again, and I've been saying it, This, what's happening in this country and this man, this is Hitler. In the early and mid-1930s in Germany, this is how Hitler took over Germany. He promised the people everything. He yelled and screamed at everybody that wasn't doing things the way the people wanted it, quote, unquote. Uh, And they followed him. They followed him like the Pied Piper. He led everyone. And I'm going to tell you, Donald Trump's leading a lot of people. I'm not saying all of us yet, but he's leading a lot of people in this country. And I think he is leading us to bad times and bad things should he be elected president. And I am concerned that he might be elected president because here was a man that no one thought could get the Republican nomination. And he got the nomination. So there is validity to my being concerned. This guy is no good for our country. And boy, the people of the United States better not do something stupid as was done in Nazi Germany in the early 30s. Uh, got to save our country. This is what's at stake, my friends. We got to save our country. Even though we're totally screwed up economically, even though we got 10 million problems, this is not the man to do it. Can you see if he gets in a war with Putin? I'm just talking between the two of them. You lied to me. You're not doing things my way. Screw you. He's going to press the button. He'll drop a nuclear weapon on them. We don't need this man. Okay, let's talk about yesterday, Memorial Day. Uh, a proper holiday in this country because it is the one where we remember all those who died for our country. Uh, we keep in, them close to our hearts and our memory. Those who made the greatest sacrifice, they died. They died so the rest of us might live. Uh, and it's, it is a Memorial Day, and it has a, it's a bit somber. Well, this is not going to be, my, I want to make a point here. 
Yesterday was not the last Memorial Day we're going to have. There will be Memorial Days with us forever. And the reason is because it is in man's nature to fight. It is in man's nature to kill. Take, for example, World War II. The war to end all wars. How many wars have we seen, have we had, just the United States, since World War II? You know, man has killed all the time. I'm beginning to think it's part of his nature. It is. Go back to the the Bible. Cain and Abel, a brother killing a brother. Uh, it's just the way it is. M- man, historically, has always been at war. There must be some bravado involved or something. I don't know. But men like to fight to kill. And so we're always going to have Memorial Days. Sad though it may B. Let's see now. I want to talk about the Cleveland Police Department. Uh, You understand, you appreciate that the Republican National Convention is going to be held in Cleveland. Uh, Now, you're going to have a lot of people, I think 65,000 visitors they expect in Cleveland. And uh, here's what they're going to do, the police. I want to talk about the Cleveland Police for a moment. It was reported, it has been reported by the Cleveland police, that no body cameras will be worn by the police officers during the Republican National Convention. You heard me correctly. Police officers will not wear body cameras either on their uniforms or on their riot gear. Uh, Now, this sounds pretty strange because we know there's going to be protestations. We know there's going to be demonstrations. This is going to be as bad, as, if not worse, as Chicago was, the Democratic Convention in the 1970s, and probably worse. i got to say worse. Uh, now, who made this decision? You would assume it was the cops on the street, the, the everyday patrolmen. No, it was the higher-ups. They call themselves police officials. And they have told the police officers of the Cleveland Police Department that they will not be wearing their body cameras, which, by the way, a couple of million dollars was spent buying those body cameras for the Cleveland Police Department. And they're not going to wear them during that time. And the excuse given is there's no way to attach it to their riot gear, and they will be wearing their riot gear most of the time. Now, the police officers were contacted, the, the guy on the street, the PBA, Policemen's Benevolent Association. And what do you think they said? We want body cameras. We want to work with the body cameras on us. Speaking for the police, the Cleveland Police PBA president said, and I quote, to have those body cameras and not allow us to wear them is absolutely irresponsible. And this comes from the president of the PBA, because he said there are going to be protests, there are going to be demonstrations. It protects us as well as the public because it protects us against false claims, okay? What further is interesting, and the police chief is one of the officials, by the way, before the police chief made this announcement, several weeks before, he was part of this announcement, no police cameras, no body cameras, he said the convention would bring, and I quote, challenges of historic proportions, challenges of historic proportions to the police department, and now he is against his men wearing body cameras. 
We live in a screwed up society. Who doesn't want who to know what's going on? Who just, I can't believe this was just decided amongst the hierarchy in the police department. I can't believe this was just decided by the local political administration. I've got to believe this thing goes higher up. This is a big deal. Moving on. I want to talk about the Secret Service. This just happened Saturday, what I'm going to talk about now. Uh, Fresno, California, uh, the secret police are accompanying Donald Trump, and they left one of his rallies, and they had a string of cars. He was in his vehicle, whatever it is, and the streets were barricaded, okay, by the Fresno Police Department. And what did the Secret Service do? The Secret Service thought that the Fresno Police Department had insufficient protection out there. The barricades were, were uh, you know, wood, wood, what do you call them, those things? Wood horses, wood horses, yellow wood horses. And so they changed the route to protect Donald Trump. Well, somebody videoed this. Everybody videos everything today. The street, the caravan of cars, Trump's cars were coming down is wide. There was a smattering of people on the curbstones. I didn't see anyone even in the road. <laughs> and this is a wide, wide thoroughfare. And there was no reason for this to occur. Okay? The Secret Service appeared to overact and react and to the claimed inadequacy by the Fresno Police Department. Again, the video shows this was a crock, okay? Which raises this thought in my mind. You know, Trump is a tough guy, and I can see how he beats the hell out of everyone who's around him every day. That's the way the man is. He's been a success, apparently. He cannot be a success politically or as a governmental leader. It doesn't fit his mentality and the way he handles things. But has he put the fear of God in the Secret Service? Are they afraid? He might have said, look, these people are coming, and they made a rash and too quick decision, okay? Because no one seemed to be attacking the caravan. I don't understand. Perhaps more will come out on this. I don't know. This was last Saturday. I haven't heard anything since. Uh, you probably heard the statistic I'm going to share with you now at some other point over the years, over the years, over the recent years. What am I talking about? I happened to read this again over the weekend. That's why I'm mentioning it. Mentioning it. The Iraq War took eight years. Okay, a number of our troops, our American soldiers, were killed. Are you aware that during that same eight-year period, the American police killed more people, killed more Americans in their homes and on the streets than the U.S. troops, the number of United States troops killed in Iraq? In other words, the number of United States troops killed in eight years in Iraq in that war were less than the number of people killed by the American police uh, in their homes and on their streets. Sad. That problem isn't resolved yet. You notice it's taken a backseat in the news for the last several months. It seems like the media got filled up uh, talking about it. and They moved on to newer things that seem more exciting, like a Donald Trump. It'll come back to haunt us. I was out last night, and I overheard heard someone sitting next to me, not part of my party, 
uh, say the following, and it was food for thought. The United States is the dumbest civilization in the history of the world. The United States is the dumbest civilization in the history of the world. Now, recall, understand, that no civilization since the beginning of man has survived. They have all failed at one time or another. The Roman Empire went down, okay, and they could never be touched. We've been in business here as a nation, the United States, 240 years. Uh, I think our foundations are getting a bit weak, and we have to do some work on them. Uh, we've screwed up in the last 20 years in this country. We've screwed up especially since 2006 and 2008. We made the banks and corporations too powerful. Uh, we, we, we made the military-industrial industry, uh, industry complex too powerful. Uh, we have permitted the rich to get richer while the poor got poorer. We have destroyed our middle class. Uh, we've got people very unhappy. If they weren't very unhappy, you wouldn't have a Donald Trump looking so good. So are we on that way? I think we're on our way to crumbling. Uh, is it going to happen tomorrow? Is it going to happen next year or the year after? I don't know. I wouldn't say it's far off. That We're going to have, and I'll be talking about it a little bit down the, uh, down the line here. I think we got a, what do you call it? An Arab Spring on its way here. Stay with me on this issue. All right. What I'm going to share with you now has to piss you off. (laughs) It's got to piss everybody off in this country who's not part of the 1%. It's got to piss off the fellow who doesn't have that. He's not middle income anymore. He doesn't have that job to pay good money. He's making just a little bit more McDonald's pay somebody. Uh, you got kids who can't afford college, can't afford to pay their college bills. People graduating from college can't get jobs after that major investment in their education. Uh, everything's screwed up in this country. Only the rich are doing well. They get richer while the poor get poorer. And this is an example of why this happens. This is what they call crony, C-R-O-N-Y, America. I'm going to talk to you about a hundred and forty-six dollar, forty. I'm sorry, dollar. Oof, a hundred and forty-six billion dollar, billion dollar hedge fund. Okay, this means that this hedge fund <clears throat> had assets of a hundred and forty-six billion dollars that they were trading, investing for their people, etc. It involves the state of Connecticut. Now, here's what happened. The state of Connecticut gave a $22 million subsidy recently. $22 million subsidy. That means they gave them the money and they don't have to give it back, okay, to this company. Uh, Why? If they're they're working with all this dough. The hedge fund is called Bridgewater Associates. It's in Connecticut. Uh, The head, the CEO, is Ray DeLeo, a well-known man on Wall Street and in the financial world. Again, he has $146 billion uh, under his management. Recently, here's what Connecticut did. Here's how the $22 million broke down. They gave $5 million in grants to Bridgewater. Connecticut gave $5 million in grants to Bridgewater. Now, grants is money that the government gives you or somebody gives you, and you don't have to pay back. You're not required to. It's a gift. So they got $5 million, and they're dealing in all this money. 
And then there was 17 million left to make 22 million. And what they did was they made a loan, okay, to this company, this ultra-rich financial company, Bridgewater, of $17 million, which will be forgiven, doesn't have to be paid back, if Bridgewater creates 750 jobs in the state. And Bridgewater says, of course, we will create the jobs. In the meantime, they're only paying, Bridgewater's only paying 1% interest on this $17 million. So they, in effect, Bridgewater has been giving a gift of $22 million. Now, let me tell you why they don't need the money and why the hell this gets done, I don't know. And this should piss everybody in Connecticut, forget the rest of the country, off because there are a lot of people not working, not making enough money, etc. in Connecticut. Connecticut is not the state it used to be. All right, Ray DeLille, the CEO, his salary last year was $1.4 billion. How nice. $1.4 billion last year. His net worth is $15 billion. This guy's one smart man, especially when he can get $22 million for nothing. Uh, an example of the rich getting richer while nothing happens to benefit the poor. A disgrace. My column this week in Conk Life, and it hits the stands tomorrow, I titled it, America Has Lost Its Promise. America Has Lost Its Promise. Uh, I found a very small article somewhere that detailed statistically what's been happening in this country uh, since 1978. And one line that really hit me, and by the way, these figures were compiled by the EPI, Bloomberg, and the U.S. Department of Labor. The, The one figure that really hit me between the eyes uh, is that the rich have gotten richer during this time, and that since 1978, workers' salaries, worker salaries, rose by just 10 percent, by just 10 percent. Where CEO salaries, by the way, raised were raised 947 percent. Now, how the hell can you do anything on a 10 percent increase in your salary from? 1978, that's a lot of years, when the cost of everything's gone up. Excuse me. Look at food, the cost of gasoline during many of those years. Our basic goods, the cost of our basic goods have gone up 200, 300, 400, 600%. But your pay only goes up 10% after all those years. This is why a Donald Trump and a Bernie Sanders are so popular today. The people are desperate. They need help. They want help. This is what my column's about. I believe the people have had it, okay? And they're beginning to stand up for their rights. That's why you're getting these little demonstrations. They're going to get bigger. Uh, and examples of the, you know, the protests against the, the police and the black killings, and now the protests, the demonstrations in front of buildings where Trump is speaking, these are people against him. Many are young. Many are the young people are really pissed off in this country because they got college degrees, they can't get a job. Uh, they can't. They got to live with their parents. If they're married, they can't afford to buy a house. Uh, they got to worry about starting a family. Things are tough. This is not the American dream. I say it. America's lost its promise, and I fear because of all this, an Arab Spring 
here in the United States. It happened in Europe in several countries. Look what happened in Egypt. Egypt, they were those demonstrations for days were kids in the street the Arab Spring. When I say kids, I'm talking about college kids, up to 30 years of age, mostly. They were unhappy, and women. They weren't getting their rights. They weren't making enough money. They couldn't get jobs. Who's to say, who's to say this could not happen here? Okay, I have a basic belief that people can be defecated upon so long. You can do it to them so long, and then they're going to stand up and shout, no more. And I believe we are reaching that point sooner than later. Okay, let's talk about the TSA and those long, long lines at the airports. This has been in the news for the last 10 days. 10 days ago, they were complaining. The lines were too long. People had to wait up to three hours to get through security. Many were missing their planes. Well, right away, the thought in my mind, I'm not that I'm a smart man, I'm not stupid, but the thought was, it has to do with money. Somewhere their budget got cut, they don't have enough people working. It just doesn't make sense that the lines are going to slow up all of a sudden. And here's the story. I was right. When I took a look at it, in the first five months of last year, the first five months of last year, 449 million people were screened. 449 million people were screened. In the first five months of this year, 606 million people were screened. That's 157 million more people this year screened than last year during the same period of time. Now, while they're screening 157 million more people this year, they're doing it with 5,800 fewer TSA screening officers. In other words, those people around the machines uh, and the security devices when we're standing in line to go through security at an airport, there are 5,800 fewer this year than last year, and they got 157 million more people going through. You gotta have things slow down. Uh, and I thought, and I mentioned this, I, I don't know whether I mentioned it, in, I think I did in a blog, one of my morning blogs recently, had to be Congress cut the budget. They did. But there are many ways to cut the budget. It isn't that this year we, last year we gave you $100. My numbers are small. We gave you $100. This year we're only going to give you 90 That's simple. You can see it right away. They hide at these guys. They're thieves. They're stealing our money. There's different ways to take money away from TSA as well as any other federal agency. And here's what they did with TSA, the Congress of the United States. In 2013, okay, Congress diverted, that means they took out $13 billion from funds already allocated to TSA. In other words, this $13 billion they took was already part of the TSA budget. And, and this money was set aside for passenger security, you know what's going on when they check us through the lines, and put it in the general fund. Now, the general fund is the general fund of the United States. It's the main checkbook. They write checks for everything out of there. So what they did, in effect, they authorized $13 billion, They took it away afterwards, and they moved it into the general fund to be used for whatever they wanted to use it for, and they never put it back. 
They never put money back. They borrow from Peter to pay Paul, but they never pay Peter back. Do you follow what I'm saying? They never put it back. And a perfect example of what's happening on a small scale with the TSA, and I love this, is Social Security. I am sick and tired of hearing people say that Social Security is, is pulling our country down economically. Uh, the young people don't want to support us old people. We paid all this money and more than we're getting back. But the real story on Social Security is the following. I wrote a column on this four years ago. Social Security takes in each year more money than it needs. You heard me. They take in every year out of our paychecks along the way more money than they need. They don't spend out, spend out of their account as much as they take in. There's always surplus. Now, the biggest creditor of the United States, the United States, we owe a lot of money. What do we owe? $17, $18 trillion? We have creditors. Everyone thinks China is our biggest creditor. No, we only owe China $1.3, 1400000000000 They're our second biggest creditor. Do you know who the biggest creditor of the United States is? The Social Security Agency. Because every time the government takes the money out and it puts it in the general fund and spends it on things like wars and everything else and never pay it back, the fund go, can go broke because they owe us this money, but they never intend to pay it back because when they passed the legislation 20, 30 years ago to grab the money, they said we will give an IOU in effect for the money, not a promissory note. It's not legally obligated for us to pay it back. And that's the same thing they do when they grab the TSA money, that $13 billion. So we're not in trouble in Social Security. Our government's in trouble. They took the best account they had of any federal agency, has too much money in it, and they take it out and they use it. Even today, when they say Social Security's in bad shape, don't let them kid you. They're bullshitting you. I have to put it that way because this is so serious. When the payments come in now on a daily basis to Social Security, they got it all figured out, Congress, how much they can grab out of the daily payments and still keep the game going. Now, if they paid back $1.9 trillion they owe Social Security, there would be no Social Security debt. We'd have a hell of a lot of money, and we'd all be secure for another 100 years probably or more. But that's the story of how our Congress and our presidents, because they sign these things, do this kind of stuff that puts the screws to the people. I am upset. You can tell by the tone of my voice. I hope you people are concerned also. Uh, well, that's the show for this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, there, there are things happening out there that are exciting. Uh, this show is archived, and I know most of you listen to it in the archived version. You can find it on Black Talk Radio, YouTube, and link to Key West Lou website. And I'm glad you read it. You have no idea. This, this show gets bigger and bigger every week. It's amazing. Uh, I do a daily blog, keywestlou.com, keywestlou, L-O-U.com, every morning. It, it, it's up there on keywestlou.com about 11 o'clock in the morning. Read it. It's, it's, if you have any interest in Key West, read it. I talk about what I did the day before in Key West. Very mundane, not exciting, 
but tons of people are re- reading it worldwide. I've been doing it for 10 years, and that's grown immensely. Uh, and I talk about some more. There's always two or three things that bother me, and I got to get it off my chest, just like this show, and they're in there also. Take a shot, listen to it two or three days in a row, see if you like it, and if you do, read it every day. If you don't, don't pay any attention to it. Thank you for joining me again. I look forward to being with you next week. <laughs>